Over 600,000 people experienced homelessness in the United States in 2023, and that number represents a record high. Over 111,000 111, children were without homes in America last year. And just recently, the U.S. Supreme Court has agreed to hear a case, very interesting, involving the rights of the homeless and the rights of municipalities to criminalize those who are homeless, who have um, nowhere else to to shelter. With us to talk about the case is one of the nation's top experts on the topic, Antonia Fascinelli. Antonia is the executive director of the National Homelessness Law Center. It's an organization in Washington that acts to fearlessly advance federal, state, and local policies to prevent and end homelessness and defend the rights of unhoused persons. Antonia, thank you so much for joining me on this Sunday. How are you? I'm doing very well, and thanks so much for having me. I read um, in in an interview that you gave previously that you said that when you were growing up in D.C., you had friends and family who experienced homelessness, and that that was one of the reasons that you sort of devoted your professional life to this issue. Is that what motivated you to to spend all your time and energy on this topic? Absolutely. Um, I, as you said, grew up in Washington, D.C., during the 1980s as the kind of mass homelessness that we see today was really beginning to take hold um, in public spaces and on the streets. And um, it did affect our family and it affected um, very close friends of our family. In particular, it affected family members and friends who struggled with um, health issues that um, meant that they needed to um, get supportive services in order to live in their housing. And at the time, in the 1980s, um, those kinds of housing programs that provided supportive services really did not exist. They exist now. They're called Housing First, and they're incredibly effective. Um, but they didn't exist in the 1980s. And so these family members were relegated to live in emergency shelters and on the street. Um, and to uh, sleep on couches of friends and family members. And And even at a very young age, I realized what an injustice that was, that family members who were experiencing health issues that they had no control over were relegated to sleeping in emergency shelters. And, and I, I want to talk a little bit. I, I want to talk a little bit about some of the social issues related to homelessness. Um, but since this is a legal show, I want to just focus right now on this case that the United States Supreme Court has agreed to take, which we're referring to as the Grants Pass. Grants pass case and, it come, case, and it comes out of Oregon. Can you briefly, we've got about three minutes before I need to break, can you give us the rundown of what the facts are in this case and what the Supreme Court's Court is going to decide in this matter? Absolutely. So, um, as you said, this case comes out of Grants Pass, Oregon, which is a rural uh, town um, of just under 40,000 people. And this is a town that experienced um, tremendous population growth. It actually doubled in population over the last 10 years. And that doubling caused the cost of housing to go up um, as housing was in short supply for that tremendous growth in population. And as a result, um, quite a number of residents of Grants Pass cannot afford rental housing. In fact, more than half of the people who rent in Grants Pass cannot afford rental housing. And so more and more um, residents of Grants Pass were losing their housing because they couldn't afford it. 
But in Grants Pass, there's an unusual situation, which is there is no public shelter for people to go to. So if someone loses their housing, um, they have no choice but to either sleep in their car or sleep in um, a public place, like a public park. And the city of Grants Pass, um, seeing this rise in public homelessness, did not open a public shelter. Instead, they passed laws making it illegal to camp in public or to sleep in your car. And they started using those laws to punish people who were sleeping outside. And so um, we only have just 30 seconds before I have to break. Mm-hmm. So the Supreme Court is taking up the issue of whether or not the municipality can criminalize homelessness in the situation where there's no other place to reside. Is that what is at, that, up on the docket? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And the um, lower courts who heard this issue, the trial court and the um, previous appellate court, all found that grants pass and communities like it could not criminalize homelessness when they fail to provide any alternate place for people to go. It's a recognition that people have to live somewhere and you cannot penalize them for living the only place that they can, which in this case was in public. Let's take take a break. When we come back, I want to explore this and get your maybe um, crystal ball vision into what the Supreme Court might do and how they might decide. You're listening to The Karen Conti Show. I'm here with Antonia Fascinelli, and we'll be back in a minute on WGN. Welcome back. We're here talking about the case that the U.S. Supreme Court has decided to take on, and that is regarding homelessness and whether it can be criminalized. We're here with Antonia Fascinelli. She is with the National Homelessness Law Center. She's the executive director there. Thank you again for joining us. Antonia, so what is the argument against uh, the municipality's ability to criminalize homelessness? What is the legal argument in, in layman's terms here? Sure. So essentially, um, what the lower courts have um, said is that uh, it is unconstitutional to criminalize homelessness if you can't if you do not provide a place for people to go, and and they establish that under the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution, which prohibits cruel and unusual punishment. So they're essentially saying, look, if someone has nowhere else to go. It's cruel, and it's cruel and unusual to punish them for being in a public space um, and and to criminalize them under a law that prohibits them from being in a public space. And, you know, I think for people who think of cruel and unusual, and I've handled a death penalty case once in my life, and it's just it kind of the question is going to be, well, if, if the death penalty isn't cruel and unusual, then why is giving someone a fine for sleeping in a park cruel and unusual? Can you kind of just get to that issue? Sure. Uh, we get that question a lot. So uh, th- this is a case, as I um, have said, this is a case about um, people who are unhoused who are being punished for something that is out of their control. They have already lost their housing, and they literally have nowhere else to go. So it's a recognition that they are not intending to violate the law, but everybody has to be somewhere. And in Grants Pass, the only place they can be is in a public park or in their car. That's really different than a death penalty case where you're talking about crimes um, of intention, where people have committed 
really heinous crimes um, uh, and intended to do so. Um, and, and that's really a very distinguishable kind of situation. So, this is a case where people have no choice. And, you know, I, I was just reading a little bit about, and this makes sense, you know, it makes sense. I hear so many people, like even with the immigrants here in Chicago and people on the street, and it's just get them off the street and they're they're criminals and they're, they're bringing, you know, disease and, you know, and none, none of that is really documented that's that the statistics don't really bear that out but what i do think about is if you find someone for being homeless what are you going to do i mean it's going to what ruin their credit they're going to have a criminal conviction so they can't get a job you're going to what put them in jail which is exactly what you know is putting them in, in in housing i mean it makes no sense to criminalize it does it i mean what will be the fallout if the municipalities can criminalize homelessness yeah, it, it, you're absolutely right. It makes no sense at all to criminalize homelessness. And in fact, um, just yesterday, uh, a report was released in Los Angeles studying a program of sweeping encampments um, after offering um, services to the residents, but not housing, um, of, of sweeping encampments. And the study found that literally every time they swept an encampment, the encampment was reestablished somewhere else. And the city of Los Angeles literally threw millions of dollars down the drain, sweeping encampments, and could have used that money to actually provide housing to the residents, who, by the way, very much wanted housing, want to move back into housing and have that kind of stability. And instead, the city spent it um, uh, in a very bad policy, simply sweeping the encampment. And so, that, that's true of really any kind of law criminalizing homelessness. It's, it's useless. Yeah. What are, what are, what are the statistics about, I, I hear this all the time. They don't want, they don't want to be housed. They just want to live on the street. I mean, I don't know about you, but in Chicago in the middle of winter, I, I don't want to be living on the street. I, I don't know that I would even survive. Um, but that, wh- that gut feeling is exactly right. It is very, very hard to live on the street. It is um, dangerous. It is um, if you live in a city like Chicago or Oregon, where you have extreme weather, it can be very, very dangerous to your health. And um, so Time and time again, we hear this myth that someone who's unhoused doesn't want to move into housing. And yet, and I will tell you, I've been doing this work a long time. Every single time housing has been offered, uh, folks living outside in shelters and in encampments have accepted it. Housing is the solution to homelessness, and that's what municipalities should focus on. And just, you know, the cause. The co- what, what are the top maybe three or four causes of homelessness? I mean, I would imagine that mental health issues and I would imagine just bad financial situations where people are maybe have medical bills, um, you know, they lose their job, they lose, you know, they get they lose their house in a foreclosure what what are the what are the reasons people end up homeless what are the top reasons you you you've listed many of them you know homelessness is caused by um the inability to afford housing and sometimes that is caused by personal circumstances losing a job foreclosure uh etc but we have um, a, a secondary issue in this country, which is that the cost of housing is out of reach for most renters. 
So across the country, over half of renters in this country cannot afford the cost of rental housing. That is a type of housing crisis that we can actually solve with public policy um, and with public public policy that uh, creates more housing for everybody in this country, not criminalizing the people who honestly just want to move into housing. What do you think the Supreme Court is going to do? And I know in the past, the Supreme Court has not accepted this case, meaning they let they let um, as is the lower court ruling saying, yes, we can we can we have a ban on criminalizing uh, homelessness. But this Supreme Court has overturned Roe versus Wade, affirmative action and has, you know, overturned quite a bit of established precedent. Do you think the Supreme Court is poised here to say, yes, municipalities can criminalize homelessness? You know, homelessness is very much a national issue. There isn't a community in this country that doesn't um, have residents who lack a home of their own and who have to sleep in a public place. And that really has changed significantly over the last six years. As you noted, um, the national homeless count increased by 12 percent over the last year. So uh, in a way, it's not surprising that the Supreme Court decided to weigh in now on an issue of such significant national import. But the reality is the facts of this case are such that the residents of Grants Pass literally had no other choice but to sleep outside and essentially violate the law that Grants Pass passed. And so um, it What we are saying very clearly is let's not create um, untenable situations for people. Let's uh, work to create strong housing policy, um, and we expect the the Supreme Court to follow that. And just, you know, uh, what... Just really quickly, what what would be the top three things that you would see? I mean, you talk generally about public policy, more housing, but like specifically, what should the federal government do, and what should local governments do to have more housing? I mean, just yeah. you know, put put that in the budget to build low low cost housing for people. Is that is that what we're Absolutely. talking about? Okay, Absolutely. So the federal government has really reduced funding for um, uh, affordable housing significantly over the last 40 years. Um, and and you cannot separate that reduction in funding from the homelessness crisis. I mean, that, those are absolutely linked. We need to get back to a place where the federal government is supporting the construction of affordable housing um, and funding uh, more housing vouchers and other housing programs that help people move Um, into safe and secure housing. Um, We are one of the wealthiest countries in the world, and it is unacceptable that we have people who are living on the streets. That is a solvable problem. It didn't used to be like this. Uh, Certainly when I was growing up in the 70s, we didn't have the kind of mass homelessness we have today. That really started in the 1980s, and we can reverse this. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Antonia Fascinelli. She is the executive director of the National Homelessness Law Center. Can you tell our listeners if anyone uh, feels charitable today and would like to help homelessness, where where would they go to to help out the cause? Absolutely. Um, well, first, I will say um, if anyone is interested in learning more about this case, you can go to the website Johnson v. Grants Pass dot com. Um, 
you can uh, also go to um, our organization's website, homelesslaw.org. Um, I also encourage you to support your local organizations that are working to end homelessness. Uh, support uh, local groups um, uh, uh, like the Chicago Coalition for the Homeless that have done wonderful work um, over many, many decades to end homelessness in Chicago. Um, and um, and lastly, be good to your neighbor. People are struggling out there. It's very expensive to live and to afford housing. Be good to your neighbor. Thank you so much for all your kind words and um, keep up the good work and we'll see what the Supreme Court does when and when it does. We'll have you back on to discuss it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much all for right. having me. Bye-bye, Bye-bye. Antonia.